The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus' mighty name, we are afraid. Amen. Okay, God bless you. All right. Um, yesterday, we, we had um, Kobam Sasuko ministering in Saturday Night Worship. It was, it was really powerful. It was really powerful. And um, it took a hymn on, on Christ. The solid rock has signed. Is it? No. Rock of Ages cleft for me. I think that's the rock. You know? Um, so, I've asked them, we are going to play the video of just that session, and if you rise on your feet, and they just, they just worship God, and I just sing it to God. Nothing in my hands I bring Simply to the cross I cling It can come to thee for dread Helpless look to thee for grace Fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. Oh, rock of ages, clap for me. Sweet 
Today we ask in every life present, in every life joining us over the internet, my Father, do that which eyes have not seen, do that which ears have not heard, do that which has not even begun to enter into the heart of men, and let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today we are in part four of our series, Ask of Me. Ask of Me. Our text is still Luke 11. Luke chapter 11. And we're going to read from verse 8, 9, rather, 9 to 10. Luke 11, 9 and 10. The Word of God says in Luke 11, 9 and 10, it says, this is um, Jesus speaking himself. He says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. How many people that ask receives? Everyone who asks receives. These are the words of Jesus. He says, everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Everyone, your case will not be different. Everyone that asks, receives. You will receive what you have asked. Everyone that seeks, finds. You will find what you are seeking. Everyone that knocks, the doors are open. The doors will be open to you. And we learned that practice of persistent petition is huge in the spirit realm. The practice of persistent petition, not backing down, the, the, is also known as the principle of continual coming. That is why you should never give up in your life. You know, thank God for the lady's testimony that was healed of high blood pressure. She didn't give up. She was like, how can somebody be coming from Ikorodu and uh, they'll be, they be just be carrying this thing? We have been here since uh, God must, you know, you know, that is a kind of faith God cannot resist. Praise the Lord. And God says we should ask. We should ask, and when we are talking about God saying we should ask, you see, God wants beyond just us asking him. We learned last week that we should have a relationship and not just be seeking for results. You know, so many times people just want to turn God into a vending machine. You know, I, I slot in um, prayer, broom, you know, coke comes out. You know, God is not a vending machine. Many just want results and not just a, not a relationship with God. You need to have a relationship with God. 
and we push the thought further by, by saying many have relationship with God, but they are out of fellowship with God. It's one thing to have a relationship with someone. It's another thing to have fellowship with a person. And we explain that typical example, husband and wife can have a relationship. They have a marriage certificate. They are related by marriage, but they don't have fellowship. They don't talk to each other. They, 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 they sleep and they face the different side of the wall in the room. You know, there's no fellowship. And I'm praying that every broken fellowship will be restored in the name of Jesus. We explained that you can be content with what you have. But God doesn't want us to be content with who we are. We can be content with what we have. But God does not want us to be content with who we are. God wants us to push to be better people, push to be greater spiritually, push to be more generous people, push to be better than who we are. And, and so when we, are, when we are saying that we should ask of God, we are not asking just to get more from God. We are asking to be more for God. We are not asking just to get more from God. We are asking to be more for God. You see, but the beauty of it is this. When we ask to be more for God, we end up with more from God. And, and that is where the world misses it. All the people that don't understand God, they think, oh God, oh, give me, 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 give me. No, 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 no. That's not what it's about. We want to be more for God. But the way God is, when you are more for God, you will discover that in his presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are what? Pleasures forever. But it's his presence that we are after. Hallelujah. And we quoted D.L. Moody from his prevailing prayer devotional. That we are to ask with beggar's humility. We are to seek with a servant's carefulness and we are to knock with the confidence of a friend. We are to ask with beggar's humility, seek with servant's carefulness, knock with the confidence of a friend. And, and some wise person has um, put the ask as an acronym. And the person says, ask means, the A in ask means Ask, this S means seek, and the K means knock. So, <laughs> so when Jesus says ask, seek, knock, he's saying ask. And if you look at it from um, the insight that um, D.L. Moody brings to the table, we, we see three things here. Immediately, and, and, and the first is this it takes humility to ask, it takes humility to ask, it takes humility to ask. Asking puts you in a place of humility. You know, I know people that they, they, they don't have food, but they can't ask. 
their brother that will easily, happily give them. Why? Because asking puts you in a place of humility. And many people don't want to be seen as weak or as, you know, I don't want to say they are proud, but, you know, it's a little bit of arrogance, a tint of arrogance. You can't come to church. Why weren't you in church? Oh, pastor, I didn't have transport money. But you know this worker that you're in the same department. is going to pass in front of your house. You refuse to ask. I'm not saying you are proud, but maybe there's just a little bit of arrogance in there. You see, and, and it's the same with God. You see, sometimes we, people, men mortal, are arrogant at their maker, at God. It takes humility to see your need. It takes humility to ask for help. Do you know why men don't like asking for directions when they're driving? Women, do you know why? Have you tried it before? You're driving with your husband, you're going to a place, the guy doesn't know the road, you're parabolated, you're parabolated, and the wife says, let's ask. No, no. I've, I've, I've checked it on Google Maps. Guys just roaming about. It's not that men are proud, but there's a little bit of uh, arrogance in there. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. If you exalt yourself, God always finds a way to humble you. Have you noticed? If you humble yourself, however, God always finds a way to exalt you. That's why it's a beautiful place to stay in the place of humility. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God that he might lift you up at the right time. He will lift you up in honor. So when you humble yourself under God, you are putting God in a place, or rather putting yourself in a place where God can lift you up. Now, when you try to lift yourself up, how far can you even lift yourself up? Compared to how far God can lift you up. But even that height you think you can lift yourself up, God will find a way of busting it. Praise the name of the Lord. So it takes humility to ask. And if we go through all those examples we we gave on Sunday last week, you will see that it really takes humility to ask. Look at the case of Anna. Anna asked for a son. If you check that in 1 Samuel 1, 1 to 11, Anna asked for a son. It took humility. She was praying like a mad woman. She didn't care how she looked. She had been humbled by Penina. It takes humility to, to ask. Take the, the case of Solomon in 2 Kings 3, 5, 4, 4 to 15. 2 Kings 3, 4 to 15. Solomon, if you read that scripture, when God asked him, Solomon gave a seed that resonated in heaven. And God asked Solomon, ask me, what do you want me to, to do? Solomon said to God, if you read it well, you know I'm not very intelligent. It takes humility to admit that you are, you are a little bit daft. It takes humility. Solomon admitted. I, you, I have these great people. People that are old enough to be my father. People that are wiser than me. This, this multitude of people. I, I, I don't 
I'm not very sharp. I used to come last in class. God, and you know it. Now you have put me in this place. Can you please give me some wisdom? That's what Solomon said. Isn't that Solomon was just so smart to ask for wisdom? He asked for what he needed. It took humility for him to see his need. And the challenge with many of us, the reason we are not even asking the right is we don't even see our need. We don't even know what we need. Arrogance. Esther asks for favor. I mean, if you read that scripture, particularly this Esther 4, 1 to 17. Mordecai said to Esther, if you don't get up, deliverance will come. But don't think you'll be safe. Esther said, please pray for me. I need favor. Esther saw a need. She was humble enough to admit, if I perish, I perish. Elisha, same thing. He saw that <laughs> this man that is going, this guy has the Ororo, and he's, he's about to go with this Ororo. You know, <laughs> let me ask for it. Let me tell you something. You can be with somebody that is anointed and not get anointed. It's possible. Because of your arrogance. There were other sons of the prophets. Yeah, Elijah is going. They knew he was going. They didn't give a damn. What is it? What does he know? What does he know? Holy Ghost is everywhere. Okay. Continue hitting your head against the rock. Elisha said, Oga, if I can get double <laughs> of what you have, it takes humility. If you check Jabez, same thing. It's first, second chronic, first Chronicles 4, 7, 9 to 10. It takes humility. Help me. Bless me. I have been causing pain that I will not cause pain. Help me. It takes humility to see your need. The tax collector in Luke 18, 10 to 14. The Pharisee stood and spoke. Oh, it's, it's prayer. It's, oh God, I'm not like all these people. You know, me, I used to give my tithes. I used to pay my offering. He was arrogant. The tax collector could not so much lift up his head, the Bible says, and ask God for mercy. And he got mercy. Even though the Pharisee also needed mercy, he didn't get mercy. I pray that you will humble your heart so that the yearnings of your heart can resonate in heaven. I pray. Even the Lord Jesus, example in Matthew 26, you know, Jesus got to a place that he fell on his face in humility to God, the Father, and said, I have my will. It takes humility to put your will aside and ask for the will of another. It says, nevertheless, not my will but your will be done. So, it takes humility to ask. Number two, it takes carefulness to seek. It takes carefulness to seek. It takes carefulness to seek. 
You cannot find what you are seeking if you don't seek for it carefully. It takes carefulness to seek. If you are looking for a jewelry and you have a lot of clothes, you have to be careful. Bringing them out one by one by one. It takes carefulness to seek. And what carefulness does is carefulness brings focus. Carefulness brings focus. What did you ask for last week Sunday? Begin to seek for it. Begin to pay attention to it. Begin to pay attention to it. Again, back to the testimony of the lady. She went back to the hospital and she said, check this thing. She paid attention to it. She paid attention. You need to pay attention. Focus on carefulness brings focus. Psalm 123 Verse 2, Psalm 123 verse 2 says, Just as the eye of the servant closely watch the hand of their master. You have asked, you have asked, now you, you have to closely watch God's hands. Just as the maid carefully observes the slightest gesture of the mistress. Watch what is God's body language. Even at this season. In the same way, we look to you, our God, the eternal one. Waiting for our God to pour his mercy on us. If you, if you read the Jeremiah 17, 5 to 7 that we read last week. The challenge with a man that doesn't see good is because his focus is looking in another direction. He's not looking to God. He's looking in another direction. Pastor Lamide's teaching on, on the tribe was saying how we, we forget about the senator you know. Focus on the God that created you. Praise the name of the Lord. And let God take you to where he can take you. A lot of things are happening around us. A lot of distractions everywhere. And the truth is that we may not be able to control what we see, but we can control where we look. You may not be able to control what you see, But you can control where you look. Sounds contradictory. Think about it. It's so true. You may not be able to control what we see. But we can control where we look. Same thing for help from God. Same thing with your business. Same thing with your career. Same thing, guess what? Even with your work with God. You may not be able to control what you see, but you can control where you look. Same thing with purity, personal purity. You may not be able to control what you see, but you can control where you look. Let me give you an example. I was coming from Cape Town, and, you know, I got up, you know, <laughs> to, to kind of stretch myself in the flight, and, and the lady sitting in front of me, you know, I tilted uh, because she was really sleeping, and, you know, I, I dress had shifted, and a big part of her cleavage was, was showing. As I got up, I couldn't control what I saw. But I saw it. And something said, look again. <laughs> I said, no. 
I control. I control where I look. Yes, uh, yes, and I did not see it more than once. You see, listen, the fact that you may not be able to stop what you see, but you can stop where you are looking. Stop where you are looking. Stop where you are looking. I don't even get there. And you see, when you look to God, when you look to God and God alone, what people do to you, really wouldn't matter. You're able to forgive. Why? Because your eyes are on who? On God. Your eyes are on God. You know? There's a thought that has been resonating in my heart. And it's this. This for, for a few weeks, if not over a month. That when you give, you get wealthy. But when you forgive, you get healthy. When you give, and that's the truth. There's no, you can fast and pray, do night video every day for one year. You can't get wealthy. You only get wealthy by giving. Praise the name of the Lord. That's how it works. Mm. When you give, you get wealthy. But when you forgive, you get healthy. But you cannot even give nor forgive if you are not looking at Jehovah. You cannot even give if, you are, if your eyes are not on God. You cannot give sacrificially. You, you can't. You'll be using your brain to calculate what is not. Same thing. If your eyes are not on God, you can't really forgive. But when you give, you get wealthy. When you forgive, you get wealthy, healthy. So we should closely watch his hands and carefully observe his gestures. We should closely watch the hands of our father. Even at this time, as we have asked, we should closely watch his hands and we should carefully observe his gestures. Carefully observe. So, number one, it takes humility to ask. Number two, it takes carefulness to seek. And number three, it takes confidence to knock. It takes confidence to knock. It takes confidence to knock. You knock with the confidence of a friend. It takes confidence to knock. Imagine, you know, back in the day when you've done something bad and, and, and your mom calls you, she's upstairs, says, and, and she says, baby, and you know you are sweating and you stand in front of the door of her room and you want to knock, what happens? Your hands are shaking. You, <laughs> you are, you know, then she needs to ask, are you there? Are you outside? Yes, mommy, come in. Oh, but no, I'm in trouble. You know, you, it takes confidence to knock. When you have a friend, 
that it's, it's, it's in a, I mean, powerful position, you know. You knock confidently. And God wants us to put our confidence in him and not in people. Psalm 146, 3 and 5. It says, don't put your confidence in people. God will use people I know. And God will use people in your favor. In the name of Jesus. But don't put confidence in people. There is no help for you there. Verse 5 says, but joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. When we ask with humility and we seek with carefulness, when we knock, we are knocking with what? With confidence. With confidence. And the doors will be open to us. First John 5, 15. First John 5, 15 says that this is the confidence we have in approaching God, in approaching him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he does it. We have confidence in approaching God that when we ask anything according to his will, he does it. God wants you. Yes, you are afraid. He wants you to step out with confidence. With confidence. Don't step out with your shoulder bent and your head. Oh, I don't know if God is going to answer. No, 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 no. God has answered. You will see it in the name of Jesus Confidence, because we have asked of him. Confidence, because we have asked. You see, the problem is that we don't, we don't see the end. As human beings, our challenge is that we, we, we really don't see. If we can see, we will not panic if we know how it will turn out, really we will not panic. We'll be confident. Remember what happened last Sunday <laughs> with the rain? Oh, that rain. I was here praying 2 a.m. and the rain started. Just a few minutes past two. And it was a torrent. By the time it got to 4 a.m., it was vexing. Now, some years ago, about I think about 2008, 2009, in my, in my, in my work with God, and my work for God, I said to God, I'm not going to pray for rain again. Whether it's going to rain or it's not going to rain. You sent me to do this work. Eh? There are some things I can't control. That's your business. This, the one that you want me to do, I promise you by, the, by your grace, I will do it and you'll be happy with me. This rain thing, I'm not going to pray about it again. And from since 2009, you, will, you never hear me pray about Have you ever heard me to pray about rain? If people pray about rain, I say amen. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I, it's fine. 
There's nothing wrong with it. But me, I said, I'm not going to pray about rain again. By the time it got to 6 o'clock, ha, I was like, oh, God of heaven. <laughs> what is going on here? I mean, and honestly, 2009 to 2016, how many years is there? The seven years, I have never panicked. That day, I panicked. I panicked on Sunday. I was filled with anxiety. I was saying, That's, what's going on? There's, what have you told us to do that we have not done? Just tell me, what, is there, have you required anything of me that I have not given? You know, may you have confidence to stand before God and say, have you required anything of me that I have not given? I wasn't saying it in a rebellious way. It's, it's, my, it's my dad. Do you understand? So, and I was there. And that went on to like 30 minutes of anxiety to 45 minutes. And in the thick of it, The Holy Spirit said to me, took me back to the day I said I was not going to pray about the rain again. And told me a few things. And the anxiety disappeared. Totally. Now, it was still raining when he spoke to me. It didn't stop until about 11. Service, it was way into service, Right? It was still raining heavily. The anxiety disappeared. And when the anxiety disappeared, the Holy Spirit said something to me. I mean, I can never forget it. He said to me, where is the anxiety now? Do you know that I was trying to be anxious? I couldn't be anxious again. Has it happened to you before? When you are, you are looking for anxiety, you are trying to muster anxiety, but there is none. He said, where is that? You see, and, and something he said that changed my life totally. I'm going to share. Should I share it with you? He said, you were holding on to the word when you were anxious and when the storm was on. I said, yes. He says that, okay. But when you heard my voice, what happened to this anxiety, to your turmoil? I said, gone. I can't even find it. And he said that you hold on to the word until you hear his voice. I've never heard it before in my life. I've been working with God since 1995. Yeah. It's 22 years, right? Is it? 18 years? Do the math. I don't know. 
He says, you, you hold on to the word until you hear his voice. Guess what? The challenge is this. The, why we lack confidence is we hold on to the word, but we don't hold on to the word long enough until we hear his voice. So confidence depletes. But when you hold on to the word until you hear his voice, you will be oozing with confidence. So I, I walked in here even though it was raining, with confidence. What was the basis of my confidence? I have heard his voice. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> that was the basis of my confidence. I have heard his voice. By the time that service was over, it was clear to everybody present that God has done it again. The, power, the level of power, I, I don't, I not, I've not experienced it before. I was walking here, it was as if I was floating. Believe me, it was, it was, it was heavenly. <laughs> Even numerically, with the rain, with all the tents crashing outside, with the rain and everything, we had the highest number so far in God's will against service. People were trooping in, in the rain. People, I mean, it's unbelievable. What you say you will do, you will do, that is what you will do. Let's bow our hands and to bow our heads. Let the music be good in the background. There's someone in this place. There's someone in this place. You've had an 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 if like it's like an infestation. It's, you, you, it's like your life is being infested. You know, God is saying today. Listen, listen. You can write down today's date. He says that He's dealing with the source of the infestation. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That that by the time you check, don't bother killing the, if it is infested, let's say with, with flies, don't bother killing the flies. He says, I am dealing with the source that the flies are coming from. You will look for it and you will not find it again. Oh, Father, we thank you. I want to pray with you if you are here. You are like, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with God. 
I don't have a relationship with God. Or, or I, I, I used to have a relationship with God. I'm out of fellowship with God. I'm out of fellowship with God. Can you pray with me? Yes. Yes, I want to pray with you. You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated. I say, Pastor, that is me. I want to come back in fellowship with God. Put up your hand now. Wherever you are seated, and I'll pray with you. God bless you. Put up your hand. Put up your hand well. Over your head. Over your head. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Over there at that corner. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. Keep your hands up. God bless you over there. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you right there at the back. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. That is me. Keep your hands up. That is me. I want to come back into fellowship with God. I've never had a relationship with Jesus. Oh, Pastor, can you pray with me? I want to pray with you now. Put up that hand. Quickly, and we'll pray together. Put it up. God bless you. Right there at the back. God bless you. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. God bless you. Oh, Father, we thank you. If you, if you have the card, you can put down the hand and just cry to the Lord. Just say to the Lord, have mercy upon me. The rest of us, I want us to pray. I want to pray about what you have heard today. Open your hearts to the Lord. Let him speak to your heart. Manto kayete te mahasa la kayezak. Indele se li mahasa kima bohazi handiata kayezabaye. Rolo koseti mahasi handiata kayede. Oh, Father, we thank you. We pray for everyone, everyone that is coming to you today, Lord. Everyone that has come to you, Lord, we ask that you have mercy upon them. Cleanse them totally, my Father. Deliver these ones, O oh God, from the kingdom of darkness. Translate them into the kingdom of your dead son. And let your name, let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. Lord, we pray for everyone that has heard your voice today. Lord, everyone that is holding on to your word, we ask that they will hear your voice. Oh, and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. For his kindness and his mercy.